What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're talking about Tesla stock hitting 2000, doing a special sort of uh, podcast episode, taking your tweets a little bit different style as I have no plan for this episode. I'm just going to ramble for an hour about what I think about Tesla stock, HyperChange advisor. We got Julian over here. Um, he's going to be playing devil's advocate, asking some tougher questions about my moonshots. Um, so let's just get into it. I mean, I think as a Tesla bull, fast, you know, rewind a year ago, we're at 200 bucks a share. Nobody believes in the company. Still a overwhelming consensus on Wall Street that Tesla's going bankrupt and that every other car company is about to crush them. Fast forward now, Tesla's the only car company growing. The stock price, despite this global pandemic and despite record unemployment in the United States, has 10xed almost in the past year. We're at like, what, 400 billions of dollar market cap, five to one split, pretty hard to rationalize all of this. And I guess the question I've been getting a lot and what I really wanted to boil down in this podcast is, you know, what is the the perspective here is from a long-term investor, someone who's owned the stock um, for years, who plans to own, maybe you uh, can check my Twitter bio, hot till two trill gang. I've upped my long-term price target from one trill. Um, but you know, how do you think about investing in a stock like this where it's gone up so much, it seems detached from some of the near-term fundamentals. You know, all of my friends and people on Wall Street are like, bro, it's such a bubble. The valuation's ridiculous. How could, does this make any sense? Um, well, in this episode, we're going to try and unpack, you know, all of that and really try and understand what is going on with Tesla. You know, how much is this really worth? Um, because at the end of the day, the company can be great and they can be changing the world, but price matters. You know, if Tesla is valued at $10 trillion today, you know, would I be a shareholder? I don't know. I think it might be interesting to just dissect very high level, like near term, mid term, long term opportunities. And I know you don't like to get into like price action, but I think it's interesting to discuss. Yeah. So I think that the greatest reason behind Tesla stocks rise here is not the S&P 500. It's not, you know, some crazy euphoric bubble. It's not the Fed printing money. It's that Tesla in the past year went from burning a ton of capital, you know, needing to rely on the capital markets, needing to raise capital to fund its business model to wait. Now, all of a sudden, we can fund everything ourselves. We have the cash flow. We have the profits. It's not just one quarter. It's four quarters in a row of gap profitability despite a global pandemic. And those are just numbers that nobody can deny. And I think that's just sort of a structural change in Tesla of going from, you know, let's call it teenager to grown up and actually getting, you know, being at the table with these other tech companies of producing huge cash flow, you know, being in the driver's seat of their own destiny, funding their own future. And the second you realize and strategize that 2018 Tesla could get the Model 3 to roll off, uh, off the line profitably, now all of a sudden you're thinking, well, Model Y is about to be even more profitable, ramp even quicker. What about Cybertruck, Tesla se Semi? That sort of net present value of potential cash flows of each adjacent vertical to disrupt went way up because now the chance, you know, the, the likelihood of success of disrupting each of those verticals goes way up the second you prove that Model 3 could be profitable. And so I think there was this key structural sort of cash flow inflection and profitability inflection for the business. And that is what basically got all of the financial world involved. But there is, there is something to be said about stock split mania. See Apple and Tesla announcing stock splits. Apple's up huge, closing in on 500, added a couple hundred billion in market cap. Tesla's up 50% since the announcement. Yeah, like was that a trigger? So I think that's almost, you know, there's more, I think e e taking a step back, there's like this euphoria of like, all right, so, you know, 
50 million or record people are unemployed, but why is the stock market back at all time highs? Like I think people are having a really tough time rationalizing that disconnect that's going on. And they're like, there's no way the stock market could be at all time highs if this many people are laid off and this th this part of the economy is struggling so hard. Well, I think they're, you know, when people describe what happened in coronavirus and they talk about this from a historical perspective, it's that rapid, you know, increase acceleration of the digitization of society that was already underway. You know, video conferencing tools like Zoom, massive increase in engagement. Of course, you know, every single social network, you know, every single digital communication method, all of these software companies have become even more prevalent, even more important. We sort of accelerated this decade long inching along transition, like look at online grocery, was inching along all of a sudden has, you know, totally fast forwarded overnight. Zoom goes from a tiny portion of meetings to all the meetings overnight. So I, th I think there's like, you know, in many ways that the, the tech companies hitting all time highs and reaching higher valuations to me makes perfect sense. And through the lens of these companies, products and services have never been more important to society, have never seen more engagement, have never been used more for more important things. Uh, you know, it was always like, oh, it's an important meeting. We got to meet in person. We got to sign this in person, you know, now all of that's out the window. And so I think there's this pocket of these technology companies and look at their earnings. Tesla's still profitable. Apple's still crushing it. So's Facebook. You know, I think Amazon, record profits, record revenue, accelerating growth. Uh, there's truly, a, you know, an underlying fundamental thesis for a lot of these technology companies' valuation hitting all-time highs, in my opinion, is their sector of the economy is crushing it. And as hard as it is to wrap your head around the fact that 20 or 30 million people that are now unemployed, not spending money in the economy, wouldn't be enough of a drag to impact these tech companies' earnings and valuation. Like, that just is the reality. Like, these tech companies are going to hit $2 trillion regardless of those whether those 30 million people are spending in the economy or not. And that's why I think there's just a huge divergence. And some businesses are clear winners and are stronger than ever, and some are really struggling. Um, and even beyond that, to your point of like the stock split, the mania, I view this as sort of a techflation going on in our economy of you only want to own good assets. What do you want to own? The dollar? I think everybody's had this moment of like, did the US government really print 1200 bucks and give it to me? Like that's never happened in my life. Like you know what I mean? And all of a sudden we're like, okay, the government's in charge. They can print money whenever they want. There's nothing backing it. Like, I think there's a really, uh, I was listening to Jason Calacanis, like this dead asset theory. Like, are you in bonds? Are you in treasuries? Are you in mutual funds and index funds that you don't care about? And now you're rethinking about, or cash, fiat, and you're rethinking about where is my wealth stored? You know, what is the US dollar? Are they really just printing more whenever they feel like it? And I think there's this sort of been awakening of people realizing what their assets are in. And when you think about the how uncertain the world is, you know, where is certainty? Where is the future inevitably headed? Technology companies. And I think there's more and more realization that equity in these technology companies, you know, for lack of a better term, basically just owner in these technologies that are the future of society is where you want to have your assets. You know, Tesla is a technology company that's changing energy, transportation. You know, no matter whether we're using the US dollar or Bitcoin as a currency, this is going to be worth a huge amount of money. Same with Zoom. That piece of technology that allows everyone in the world to connect, collaborate, and work together is tremendously valuable no matter what currency we use. So I think to me, there's been a techflation of, you know, maybe inflation overall in the economy, we're not seeing it pick up. But the reality is, is people are flocking to these high quality assets, and there's just a very, very scarce amount of them. And I think Tesla is one of them, you know, in the in the automotive world. And like tying it back to what we said originally, Tesla as an asset is way doper when they're pumping out five billion a year in cash flow versus burning five billion a year in cash flow. And despite the world crumbling, that is the inflection point in cash flow that has occurred.
Yeah, I think we're seeing like category leaders in different industries like the Apple, like the Amazon, like the Tesla. People are starting to pay a premium for that on the market. And like Shopify, like, you know, we've been investing for what, 10 or 12 years following stocks. Like I've never seen Shopify. What are they worth? Like a hundred something billion with like 1.5 billion in revenue, like what 50 to 100 times revenue. I know they're accelerating growth. I know they're getting more profitable, but they're kind of basically a break even business at 50 times revenue growing what 60, 70, 80%. I mean, this is like just, I've never would like, I've never ever heard of this. It just boggles the mind. Tesla, an automotive company trading at 15 times revenue. I mean, this is like, you know, automotive companies trade at 0.5 times revenue historically. Then the flip side of that, you know, we're not even really talking about earnings multiples because they're so ridiculous. But the flip side of that is what is interest rate? Interest rates are zero around the world, basically, you know, flat or negative. And so there's the kind of in inverse balance of the yield curve, which I think about a lot of like, well, if the 10 year treasury is yielding, you know, 5%, let's call it, that's a good comparable benchmark to the S&P's, you know, price earnings ratio, you know, a uh, 20 PE ratio is a 5% earnings yield. So you can start to benchmark that 5% earnings yield of the S&P with that 10 year treasury of 5%. But the problem is the 10 year treasury now is like zero or whatever, one or 2%. And so if the 10 year treasury is at 2%, that's a one, uh, you know, one out of 50 yield or 50 years to get your money back, basically. So that'd be a 50 times price earnings ratio is mathematically justified for the S&P 500 because there's no alternative. You know, uh, you know, Tina, that's what they say. The lingo, there is no alternative. What do you want to own? Fiat, paper currency, um, or equity and technology companies that you know have products and services that we need to function. Like Amazon, it's crazy to me how, how Amazon is like, almost should be like sanctioned by the government as like a critical piece of our society infrastructure. Like, I don't even know, you know, if we didn't have these internet tech companies saving the world right now, like everything would totally grind to a halt. The amount of the economy that's moved to Amazon, how important they are for this plumbing of how stuff gets around is incredible. And you think about being able to, you know, with your capital own the asset that moves everything around in the economy that's so structurally important, governments would probably bail it out versus something else. Scrolling back for Tesla history lesson, like, Tesla was at 30 bucks a share in 2012. And there's, you know, they had this other sort of going, now I say they're teenager to grown up. It was toddler to teenager when the Model S went from 1,000 cars a year made by hand to like 20,000 cars a year, starting to get profitable, starting to show some good economics, starting to crush and outsell the competition. And Tesla, the second that that Model S worked, the stock price went from 30 bucks a share to 180 in like a matter of six months. Like it was a total re-rating, uh, massive inflection point in the company. And then you had a five or like six year, seven year period where the stock did nothing. You know, it was at 180 or 200 bucks last year. And it just, literally it had to backfill into that valuation. You Overnight, the stock market gave Tesla from a $3 billion valuation to a $40 billion valuation. And the company was still doing three or 4 billion in revenue. So it was, you know, it took them years. And then now they finally hit 25 billion in revenue. The company was still trading at 40 billion. And everyone was like, wait, look how fast Tesla scaled. It's not gonna be long before they had hundred billion. So now we've seen the valuation have that another massive leg up to that three or 400 billion range. And frankly, I do think that's pricing in, you know, big gift factory Berlin getting online, Texas, Shanghai ramping, Fremont continuing to ramp. Like this is pricing in, you know, I would argue at least 50 million in battery electric vehicle re revenue, which is probably a double from where we're at today. So, you know, I think, the stock market goes in cycles. It's really hard to predict when the stock market will price in your thesis of the company. You know, I was pounding the table for three years thinking Tesla was undervalued, pouring every single dollar from this YouTube channel into buying Tesla stock, being like, when is the market going to get it? This is a no brainer. And then all of a sudden in, in a six month period, the entire market decides to realize that and give Tesla all the credit for years worth of work. So 
I think, I guess the point I'm making here is like really, really the, the incremental, you know, intrinsic value of Tess as an asset is just stepping up every single day, every day that goes by more work gets done by the group of employees. The value of whatever Tesla is grows and go, you know, goes up, but the stock price is wildly swinging, going way below that intrinsic value that goes up and way above. And frankly, you know, I think the intrinsic value was doing this for years. We were way lower than it and it shot way, way up. It's way over correcting here. But now the question is, is it too overcorrecting? Why am I holding on to every single Tesla share I have and not selling? Because I think this is a one, actually easily $2 trillion company in maybe five to seven years. And I still think that's a pretty good, you know, 15 to 20% CAGR on your capital or whatever from this valuation. Um, so I, I do think, I was talking to one of my mentors recently and he was like, short-term Tesla valuation makes no sense. Medium-term Tesla valuation makes no sense. But long-term, you know, Tesla valuation still makes a lot of sense at these levels if you believe in, let's call it the autonomy thesis. Maybe that's a good time to bring that up. One more <clears throat> point before the autonomy thesis. I think it's interesting, like the Tesla Twitter sphere community keeps focusing on all of these like near-term catalysts, you know, battery day, Giga, Shanghai, phase three or two, whatever it is, Giga Berlin, Austin, Cybertruck. There's a ton of near-term catalysts, then you have to go back and say, well, the valuation is also 10x in the last year. Yeah. And I remember that was at the at Model 3 when the stock was at 250 bucks right before Model 3. And I was thinking like, okay, like, the market is assuming that Tesla will instantly ramp the Model 3 and be profitable and like kind of just giving them the benefit of the doubt of like a year of execution, which is exactly where it feels like we're at now is the market is giving Tesla this benefit of the doubt of like, like they saw Tesla do Shanghai. And this is why the stock market is kind of like, it's kind of like this person who gets way too pumped up and like, like frenetic and like, you know, just follows the trend way too hard. Like Tesla has a little bit of trouble on the Model 3 ramp. Like Wall Street's like, oh my God, Tesla's going to crumble. Nothing's ever going to work. They can never do a production line. Now we've seen them do successful with Shanghai and Wall Street gets overly exuberant on the other end of like, oh my God, everything that Tesla does is way ahead of schedule, happens instantly, has huge profit margins. They grow like crazy. You know, it's that that pendulum of expectations as, as ridiculous as it was at 180 or 200 last year, I would say is getting, I don't want to say it's that ridiculous on the other end, but... Um, just because I think the macro and like if this was Tesla in isolation, I'd be like, whoa. But you know, we're seeing companies like Nikola that literally have nothing that are worth 25 billion. Like, so, you know, uh, there is no alternative. E equals MC squared. Everything's relative. So the valuation of Tesla, I, you know, as much as I hate comparable companies and Tesla shouldn't be valued the same at a price sales multiple of 0.5 like Ford or GM because they have very different business model from Ford or GM. Like I still think you have to put into perspective the fact that there's a ton of capital sloshing around. There's only a handful of companies that inevitably look like they're profiting off of this, you know, future that we're all heading towards. And Tesla is in that bucket now. I want to kind of follow up on the last question because I think it's important to to kind of share with the community, really kind of being a long-term investor versus a short-term. I think we all kind of get lost in the sauce a little bit, you know, look at your E-Trade, look at your Robinhood, like Tesla's going up 10, 20% a week for the last year. Yeah, it feels like at least. And I think like all, we, we got all these comments going on about like, oh, S&P inclusion, about to have another 30, 40, 50 billion versus volume coming into the stock. Yeah. I think you got to put on your hat of like, are you a trader or are you an investor? And you know, I, I'm the super, super long-term investor. 
And I think it's almost a detriment that you can check the Tesla stock price every day. Like it's a distraction. I almost never check the Tesla stock price until Julian wakes me up and texts me and yells at me about it. So, and it's hard to ignore with all of you on Twitter, but like you should have your own fundamental valuation of Tesla. Like here's the numbers I crunch. Here's the model I have. Here's how many cars I think they're going to sell in 10 years. Here's how big I think they're going to be. Like I like to invest in companies because I want to think like an owner. Like I want to be an owner of this business for the long term, um, you know, and investing in companies because they're going to build an amazing future usually means you have to wait years for them to actually build that future to get a good return on your investment. And so I think we're in a little bit of a weird place right now because it's like, okay, if Tesla stock goes up steadily, like this is great, but like maybe, you know, my, my valuation for Tesla in 2030 was they're going to be a $500 billion company. So if they're already worth 400 billion, you know, maybe it's time to start taking chips off the table. But my long-term trajectory truly is that I think this is a multi-trillion dollar opportunity and there's still a lot of good upside. And I try really not to get caught up and sort of like, you know, like, be smarter than the market of like, oh, I think the market is pricing in too high of a near-term price sales ratio or too high of a near-term price EBIT ratio. So I'm going to take all my chips off the table and wait for the market to re-rationalize. Then I'm going to buy in cheaper when really you're like, you already know that this is a good buy at this price. And so you would just, I don't, you know, yeah. does that make sense? Like, I'm not going to try and be smart and like, you know, like Peter Lynch is saying, like you can, Warren Buffett, Peter Lynch, you can never predict what the macro is going to do. You can never predict that COVID-19 is going to happen in the world. Who predicted that 2019 was going to happen or 2020 was going to happen? The whole world was going to shut down. I don't know. But buying the company Tesla, if you actually did your homework, you realize Tesla was in a way more financially stable position, you know, way more leaner, way more able to navigate, you know, had a much better product lineup to adapt. And what has happened when things hit the fan, those great companies, you know, surged in value and did amazing. And those horrible assets crumbled in value. And so I think at the end of the day, like you can get caught up in the stock price and the trading, but you always have to remember there's a company, there's a business behind every single stock. And like test, this isn't about me going to the casino and gambling and trading and trying to be smart and trying to make money. This is about me being like, where are my savings allocated? I want them to be in this company, Tesla. I'm holding on to them for decades. This is a super long-term story. I go on the street, every single car is still burning fossil fuels. Every single house doesn't have solar panels or 99.9% .9 of them. And so I still think we're very, very in the early innings. And if you believe Tesla's business can go 10X again from 25 billion last year to 250 billion, then maybe we got a trillion dollar valuation on our hands. And so now we can dive into how fast does that happen? And like I said, you know, when is that long, when is the, when does Tesla's core business value start to rationalize a $400 billion valuation in my head? Another like hard example of the whole trading thing is I feel like there are some people who that, that crazy day when Tesla like peaked out at, you know, 1770, you take some chips off the tail and you're like, Hey, I'm going to get scoop some shares at a thousand, no problem. And then all of a sudden we're, we're above that point. So I think it's like really easy to you're trying to grab pennies in front of a steamroller and you're getting lost in the sauce of like, what was you, what were you getting involved for Tesla for? You were investing in this because it was a great company. You weren't buying this because you were thinking you were going to be a smart ass and trade it better than Wall Street. That's not why you got involved in this game. You got involved in this game because it was an amazing company you wanted to be a part of for the next decade. That's my, my take on this. And if Tesla... You know, somebody asked me, like, when do you think Tesla could be the most valuable company in the world? I think that was one of those tweets. And it's like, you know, I don't know if they will be the most valuable company in the world. I think Apple and Amazon are gonna, and Google are setting a pretty high bar for how fast the biggest company in the world is expanding. But, you know, 
one of my favorite analogies is like, we're 8 billion, you know, monkeys on this rock and we all need to get around and we're not, and, and I think the opportunity for us to move around is a multi-trillion dollar opportunity. Why did Saudi Aramco be worth $2 trillion, the largest IPO ever, this, you know, state-owned owned oil company of Saudi Arabia, because we're all running, buying these cars that are energy consumption devices, and the biggest maybe ROI of the business case of that is not selling the energy consumption device, it's selling the energy those devices are consuming. And so that's why Nikola is hyping up how they're going to get a million in revenue from every truck, because they're selling the energy on some level, they're literally just piggybacking onto what Tesla is actually doing, which is building this flywheel and trifecta of businesses that are, you know, cars, trucks. Those are products that consume energy, solar panels, solar roofs, products that produce energy, the batteries store energy. We've got this new trifecta of how energy works for 8 billion monkeys on this rock. And this is a multi-trillion dollar problem they're solving. I think they're the first mover here. You know, that's why we're all obsessed with battery day. What's the technology that really allows them to scale that? This, and when I say like 8 billion monkeys on a rock trying to move around and get places, like that's how I think about the TAM. I hate like... This is the market size by 2024. Here's a report done by six MBAs who've never run a company that, and here's how big they think the industry is gonna be in 10 years. Like that's all BS. I think you have to work back at it from first principles. How many humans are there who have a certain amount of disposable income and need to get from point A to B in different cities constantly? Like, you know, look at Uber, look at Lyft. All of these businesses are losing money. They're not sustainable. They're not that safe. They have humans driving these devices, not robots, not AI. Like this is just scratching the surface of showing the future of the transportation industry. And I think this is getting to Julian's, one of Julian's awesome theories about Tesla and why I think Wall Street is so having such a hard time valuing this is like Elon Musk said, the largest increase in asset value in human history is the second they flip the switch on the over the year update and every Tesla on the road can drive itself. Like this is gonna be, you know, so how, let's talk about this. How is, how do you think Wall Street is pricing in that call option? I think about it in a fairly basic perspective, like the Tesla core business operations, because I've, I've been, don't get me wrong, I've been sitting here trying to figure out how to rationalize a 300 billion valuation two weeks later, 380, 400 billion valuation. <laughs> Like by next week, it could be a 450 value valuation, right? Like I told all my friends as a joke, like a month ago, like if it's 2000, like then you can call me about whether I'm selling. And it's like every week, it's like, I'm like, nah, like 3000, bro. Like, um, and, and these are very rough numbers, but I'm basically like, okay, Tesla's core business operations today. I think a, a good, decent, fair value for that is about 150 billion. And you're Some, talking about BEV, like battery electric vehicles without autonomy, just selling electric B, cars. Yeah, just their car trucks. business, their solar business, their energy business. Okay. I think you can pay 150 B for that. Now, there's probably a bunch of people who are like, oh, 150 B for just that is crazy. But we have to remember that it's like, you know, some of these other auto companies, they have a ton of debt layered in. So, you know, their equity is worthless because of all this debt they've got. Um, but I don't know if you're a disruptor in an industry, have a, you know, a super technology, you can attract the best engineers in the world. You're paying a premium for that. Totally. And I'm fine paying 150 for, um, you know, that core Tesla business. So, how have I been trying to rationalize, you know, the 380 to 400 billion uh, market cap? It's really about this weird call option on autonomy. How much is autonomy worth first to market? Regardless of whether or not you can 
you know, you're, you're fully operating, you know, a, a robo taxi fleet. Like how much is that technology worth? And I think it's worth, could be worth upwards of, you know, a trillion dollars. And this is something that, you know, let's say in a, in a best case scenario, they decide to pull the lever, the 4D rewrite goes well, videos start releasing on YouTube of, you know, the great Tesla owners beta testing this, this technology, yeah. cars are taking right turns, they're going around roundabouts, they're doing unprotected left turns. This is all stuff that could happen in the next year yeah like and, and then that, you're not, not to be a rocket scientist to be like we're going autonomous bro yeah. like i'm like when you have a thousand people posting videos of like me to work i didn't touch the car once like you know like and i think that's already kind of happening to your point yeah. is like people like this whole theory of like you know a million robo taxis every journalist making fun of elon musk is now turned into like wait like you know like journalists can say this is super dumb or not but like me and my friends are in the tesla and it's driving itself and it just updated and got better and i know next weekend i'm inviting my homies over to see how much better it got like yeah. you know people are going to start putting these pieces together on that like what you said this like call option of like well if tesla does hit autonomy and they turn on this spigot that could potentially be generating like billions of dollars in profit out of the blue instantly you know how do we that and like we're trying to wrap our heads around this think yeah. about wall street you know, this is like technology, this is like the most biggest, I would call it the biggest artificial intelligence project that humans have ever attempted is to, you know, we're slowly letting up more and more facets of our society to give up trust and decision making to artificial intelligence algorithms. What are you watching on YouTube? Half of you probably got recommended this by the YouTube AI. You know what I mean? That's a decision of what you're going to watch today. Soon your car, you're not going to make decisions of how it turns and how it drives. That's We're going to pass that off to the AI. It's one of the most complicated, like, you know, stories of human evolution today and how we're using technology is, are, are these cars going to drive themselves? Are we going to trust software to do that? And so, you know, just in like a human level, this is such a big thing to wrap your head around, let alone the like Wall Street level of like, let's put out a spreadsheet of how many people are going to adopt this game-changing technology, how fast, what are the profit margins? They just are, they're, they're bewildered. They have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. I think it's such a powerful technology that it's one of those one of those few technologies that's like, if it's figured out, like monetization is gonna come afterwards and like cash flows will be there. Where this is all going is like from a very basic perspective, it's like, let's say very rough numbers, autonomy in itself is like a $1 trillion opportunity. The way that I think about it personally is I'm paying at, at let's call it at 400 billion I'm paying, you know, this 15 to 20% expected probability that they figure it out and are first to market. Right? And so that that's the interesting part. And so it's like, is, is, you know, what is the probability Elon figures it out? Is it 20%? Is it 50? Is it 10? Is it five? That's what the market's here to decide. And you know the stock isn't, it's not gonna be at 150 billion and they turn on the switch and it's worth two trillion the next day this is gonna bleed into the stock price. Yeah. So now the question is how much bleeding into the stock price is due to this autonomy, you know, switch, robo taxi switch turning on and how accurate is that pricing relative to the reality of the, the probabilities? And what's interesting about the reality of the probabilities is every single update, whether it's Dojo, you know, what Julian's talking about, this big new rewrite that Elon Musk is hyping up, you know, every day that goes by, we get closer to that. So you know, this is that theoretical time back to like Tesla's this crazy value. We don't know what it's worth. It's going up every day. Well, on some level, every single day that that 
technology and software gets better and that the expected probability of Tesla's robotaxi network actually existing going up, then Tesla's equity, you know, the math, the math behind yeah. Tesla's equity should in theory have it go up. And, and it's just such a weird thing to fathom. And one of my favorite like sort of ideas and terms behind this is this incremental gross margin appreciation where it's not even just like us calculating it into the value of the company that's going to show up. It's actually the financials today are already showing the value and impact of this self-driving software because Tesla pays or charges eight grand for this FSD package. And they're going to keep raising the price of that on the way to getting to full self-driving. So I think this is what the market is sort of puzzle piecing together is there isn't, we're not going to get the chance to have that aha moment. The aha moment is, is a, a super slow motion aha that has already started. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the question is, should they only be pricing in a hundred billion of that call option? And is the stock worth 1200 or should it be 300 billion of that call option? Yeah. And the stock's 3,200. I can't tell you that fair yeah. value. Like I don't even have enough, but you know. It's almost like a life science company doing drug development. Like you're going through the FDA yeah. trials and it's like, okay, the FDA permits you to get to the next trial. All of a sudden your expected probability that you can bring this drug to market you know, skyrockets. And you'll see these stocks release their press release for the FDA and it'll go up 20, 50, 100% in a day. And, you know, it's a little bit bizarre, but it's kind of like that in a, in a different way, right? You're, you're releasing these software updates very regularly. Owners are starting to post the progress, the videos. There's more data coming to the market about this probability of success reaching autonomy. And... I don't know. That's why it's, it's it's impossible to predict where the stock price is going to be, you know, yeah. in the near term, mid term. And if I was like a data guy trying to crunch the numbers and get really granular about when is Tesla's AI considered safer than a human driver, I would be looking at their safety reports. Like Tesla puts out their safety reports every quarter. Tesla's quietly already building the scientific case for why their AI is smarter than humans for re regulators to approve. Like this is already, you know, and in theory, like you're saying, like that is the version of the FDA data. Like every quarter where Tesla says our cars got 30% safer, you know, that almost is the incremental data release. And this is like one of my biggest pet peeves is like the TechCrunch article that came out like this week or last week, like Tesla stock up 10% for no reason at all. Like no one knows what's happening. And it's like, I, I feel like it's like, I'm like, bro, this is, this is why I created hyperchange because the level of analysis is like so bad. Like I have some friends and they'll call me up, spend the first five minutes of the phone call being like, yeah, Tesla stock going up. Like, congrats, Gally, but like, <laughs> right, so overvalued and ridiculous. And then the next five minutes of the call telling about how everyone they know in their life is buying a Tesla. And they couldn't put the two together. That it was like, bro, like, you know what I mean? Like everything in the world is changing from, a, from vehicle wise and it's all going electric. It's one company, it's Tesla, and they're going to change the world. Like this isn't, um, you know, it's like one, one or two sentences for you to understand this. And so this, if I had to explain to somebody, why is Tesla actually worth 400 billion? I think it makes total sense when you understand everything. So we've had all these dinosaurs like Ford, GM, Ford's biggest innovation for how they build the car, Model T, production line a hundred years ago. That one breakthrough in innovation has been just incrementally built on upon by every single car company around the world. Like innovator's dilemma, people get complacent when there's no disruption. The hardest industries to break in are gonna be waited till disrupted till the longest last possible moment Use a Jimmy Cliff quote here, the harder they come, the harder they fall. The harder they wait, the harder they're gonna get crushed. That is exactly what's happened to autos. They waited till the last second. Tesla was a joke. 
every single year. Tesla was a joke. Hybrids were a joke. We're not taking this seriously. Who gives a shit about climate change? We're going to, you know, figure out what, what consumers want based on what our Harvard McKinsey's MBA are going to tell us. And this went on for decades and decades. And the thought process and the culture and the ideology of product design and everything and the entire auto industry got so away from the consumer that it was just this perfect moment of like, this is the hardest industry to disrupt. That's why no one's done it. They're so in their own bubble. We have all these old executives only getting paid on, you know, salaries. Everybody's getting rich on the status quo. Nobody's getting rich on disruption. So that has gone on for so long. And then you finally have, you know, lithium ion batteries getting better with the cell phone and smartphone. Tesla sprinting in 2008 to develop this technology and bring it to market and nobody giving a shit until 2018. 10 years of sprinting. Not only do we have somebody sprinting for 10 years, but we have the smartest engineer in the world, Elon Musk doing it with JB Straubel, structuring it as a venture-backed company where they're able to attract and retain the smartest talent in the world, massive competitive advantage, and they're doing it at this time when like six technology uh, trends are converging at once. You have the batteries getting cheaper. You have software eating the world, controlling everything. You have manufacturing being done by robotics. You have things being sold online. You have education you know, happening online. You don't need to rely on, you know, distributions, third-party legacy infrastructure, any of that stuff. And so Tesla runs and disrupts everybody. Everybody is just flat-footed, stubbornly saying Tesla will fail because everybody else has failed for 10 years. And then when Tesla finally succeeds in 2018 and posts that profit, that is when every single automaker pivoted, had to switch. The Model 3 is the best-selling car in the industry. And the problem is everybody assuming that these companies can compete with Tesla just like, I don't even, I don't know. I don't know if this rant is making sense, but my, my point kind of to all of this is just this is this a massive industry with hundreds of billions of dollars of revenue that had no innovation and it took so long and Tesla's finally cracked the code and we haven't seen them like really run with this technology and, and product you know market fit that they have into every single category, but they've already proven it once and it's going to take five or 10 years for somebody else to develop this vertically integrated you know tech stack that Tesla has to compete. And so Tesla now is in this moment of almost inevitable profitable expansion into every single product category in the vehicle industry from sedan to crossover utility vehicle the model y into the pickup trucks with the cyber truck into the semi truck with the the tesla semi i mean this is inevitably going to happen in my frank opinion nobody has a shot in hell in competing because there's literally 10 years of work and billions of dollars of capital from the smartest world people in the world going on this torpedo that is tesla and nobody else has even put in the work to build the launch pad for their torpedo that's going to try and take off and this one's been shooting for six years straight and so to me the financial in, the financials right now are just so lagging so in the rear view mirror of what this technology that tesla's developed that is totally going to be the propulsion technology of the 21st century and to me like julian's saying you have this very clear ramp of 25 billion out of fremont now we have shanghai now we have berlin now we have austin this is a very easy mathematical you know incremental just extrapolation to 100 billion in revenue in three to four years or whatever you know and that's just bevs that's 25 percent margin let's assume you know 10% of that goes to the bottom line. 10 billion in earnings is kind of happening pretty soon. And so I think the market is pricing in a lot of that right now, pretty much all of that. And look, we'll give Tesla 30 to 40 times its 2023 normalized BEV business earnings. That's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Maybe that's too high of a price, but you're layering in this autonomy thesis as well. So we have Tesla dominating how cars are. And then this software package they sell for eight grand, which they can soon sell for a hundred grand, just changes, you know, it's like, 
it's like Tesla's, it's like Apple's been selling you this smartphone with this $5,000 software package every person in the world's going to buy, but nobody's been buying it yet. And Apple's already this most profitable company in the world. It's like, how could you even fathom how profitable they're going to be once they sell this software package? And so, is this making sense, Julian? Yeah. And so that's kind of where it's at to me. It's like Tesla, if, if you figured out what's happening, you've been watching it, you know that the game is over that the referee blew the whistle. It's 45 to zero on the scoreboard. And even though we're already at halftime and everybody's waiting to see who's gonna win, if you've been watching the game, you fucking know. It's a no brainer. It's Tesla and they're winning in every single vehicle category with this battery technology. I also think it's like super important to understand like what is innovation. Some people might just look at Tesla as like, oh, they're being innovative because they're coming out with the BEV car. But really, if you look at like the first principles that Elon goes goes through to solve each of these problems, it's absurd. Like creating the battery supply chain team at Tesla. What other legacy auto manufacturer has that? Like building the Octo valve to make the Model Y more efficient. Yeah. Experimenting, and granted this was one of their big failures when they were ramping up Model 3 was they tried to put too much robotics into manufacturing, but they're still going after that problem. Yeah, and, and maybe they have, failed at what they set out to achieve, but did they build the most profitable electric vehicle yeah. manufacturing program in the world? Yes. And are they getting better? Yes. Like, and then you have, you know, Model Y, where the rear piece is single casting. Like, these are innovations that Tesla's making and learning and why they're really years and years and years ahead of the competition. Yeah, Toyota may be able to build the perfect, most efficient, you know, Corolla or Camry or you know, Tacoma, whatever they're selling. Um, but, you know, Tesla's really attacking this is like, let's change every piece, the supply chain, how vertically integrated we are, the software we're making for the car, the chipset for hardware three, now rumors saying hardware four is on the horizon. Like we're coming out with our own insurance company too. Like, I love that Elon Musk analogy of like, we're 12 startups in one. And that's yeah. what I also love about Tesla and, you know, okay, Shopify's worth 50 times sales. Like, I'm pretty sure Tesla had a higher profit margin than Shopify did last quarter. You know what I mean? People are on this, like, this, like, you know, these weird holdups and, like, sort of misconceptions that Tesla's a super unprofitable business right now and that it sucks. But it's like, dude, I was looking at Tesla's first half of their income statement of this year. I was like, Q1 sucks for the auto industry. We had the global pandemic. Tesla still grew. And they had, like, a $1.2 billion incremental swing on operating income. Like, this is a behemoth, bro. Like, they're more profitable than all these software companies that are trading at 30 times sales, you know? So, yeah. and that this is before any of these innovations come out. And the other thing I also, like, one of my favorite statistics when analyzing a company, very scientific, very thorough, lots of numbers, give a shit factor. How much does your CEO actually give a shit about your company, your products succeeding and changing the world? Elon Musk is up here. He takes zero dollars in salary, only gets paid in stock, and GM and Ford and everybody else in the entire auto industry is literally just getting rich on their salary. Like their give a shit factor about the company, their will and hoot spot to change the world is zero. And this is just so simply the like number one reason why all of them will fail and none of them will take the big risks needed to actually you know, change the whole automotive industry. And so I think there's this really weird sort of case study going on right now, probably the, the craziest case study in business ever of like all the business and smart and people who get it realize that Tesla already won. And now it's just about, you know, 
anybody's guess about how the financials fall into place. But from a technology perspective, I think it's really clear who won. And at the end of the day, it boils down to like Elon Musk, like just, he is the difference to me, like setting the culture, setting the tone, engineering first, first principles, no bullshit. Like every rule's made to be broken. We're just gonna do things that are the best for the customer and nothing else matters. Like that is just a mindset and a company culture that has ate every single industry, except it just hadn't eaten the auto industry. And so I really think this is like Apple of the automotive world. That's a saying that everybody says. I've been saying it for a decade now. And I feel like it's like, this is so true. Apple doesn't dominate and then reach the size of IBM. Apple dominates and then becomes five times as big as IBM ever was. So when you start to think about, you know, Tesla dominating, becoming five times as big as the last tech company that dominated the world and changed everything, um, you know, these new market cap entry, that, that, yeah, I guess that's like the crazy moonshot where I could, where we can like wrap this up and end it is like, I think this is too good to be true from a numbers basis of like how the financials were unfold, how nobody thought this would ever have been possible for a car company and it will be too good to be true and it will break all those rules. And the other set of fu fundamental rules that it will break on the back of that is the valuations, the, the stock price, the, you know, multi-trillions of dollars of market value that have never been created before by an automaker that now are, you know, uh, you know, Tesla's just like they break records in everything they do, I think when they go all the way as a company, they're going to be breaking records too. And like low key, we're not looking at two trail, we're looking at 10 trail in 2035. And, you know, and that just is what it is. Yeah, it's just, it's just a new era. I'm already, I feel like I'm already trying to get some lessons learned from this Tesla investment of like, you know, how do we spot the next Elon Musk? You know, what, what signs were there that this was going to work? Because I think that is the craziest part about Tesla. And I feel like almost like the saddest part to me about all of this is that I feel like, you know, we got this special moment with Apple and Steve Jobs in the early 2000s and the iPhone and just this watching this incredible case study change the world. Um, and I feel like that's exactly what's going to happen with Tesla. And it's like, honestly, a part of me is sad that like, you know, now we're in this chapter of Tesla inevitably, inevitably killing it, growing, changing the world. But like, who's the next Elon Musk? Like that's... I don't know if that's a topic for another podcast, but like, that's something I'm always scheming. It's like, nobody is, you know, I, I think the reality of the situation, why so many people have a hard time figuring out what this is, is because we really just, it all boils down to Elon and just how special he is as an entrepreneur and truly, you know, very simply, but really this is the huge difference of actually being an A plus business person with an A plus engineer. That is literally like, you know, maybe Mark Zuckerberg, you could put in that category because he was also a coder and built Facebook. But that is truly the differentiation that Tesla has. And it's like, you can put it in all these boxes you want, but it's just like, we literally have one of the smartest humans in the world. And if you think about what humanity is, it's like, we're all connected with the internet. There's 8 billion of us. There's never been 8 billion of us. Like the opportunity for that one smart person to move the delta of humanity in a bigger way than any other human has ever is like obviously now it's like we're all connected with the internet there's so much technology out there like the world is ready to change it's ready for the biggest entrepreneur ever it's ready for the you know biggest company ever um and i think elon musk is the guy you know he's the next steve jobs he's the next vanderbilt and the ability to like get involved in his enterprises before they totally go all the way like this is just you know it's almost like a blessing that we're even alive and get to witness this opportunity and so that's really how I look at it. And I'm like, honestly, sad in my career that like, I'm like, damn, like 
this might be the best guy I ever get to invest in in my whole life. And I'm fucking, I got 50 years left and I might never see another Elon. And he's still 48 with a decade left in his prime to fucking change the world. And that I think is the intrinsic premium of Tesla. Is it that they can recruit the best engineers in the world? Or is it that Elon Musk has got 10 more ideas up his sleeve about how to change 10 more industries? And that is hundreds of billions or trillions of dollars of market cap that is gonna flow right into his companies. And the one where he has the most equity is Tesla and SpaceX. And those are the companies that are literally call options. Like I said on the Tesla Geek show, you know, a call option on the smartest inventor in the world. Is Elon Musk going to come out with an electric cargo ship that has deployable solar panels that moves all the goods across the world without polluting fossil fuels? I fucking hope so, and I bet Tesla's going to make a shitload when he does. You know, are we going to go electric with airplanes? I hope Elon has enough time to get to that. And if he does, it's probably going under Tesla too. Like these are, you know, it's, um, that's one of my favorite quotes, honestly, is like the greatest asset or liability a company has is not on its balance sheet. It's who's in the boardroom. It's who's the CEO. That's going to change everything. And it's, and I have this saying that I say a lot of times, like, what about key man? Like Elon dies. What's going to happen, Gally? Like, you know, isn't it the risk that if Elon leaves, your company could crumble? And I'm like, I will never invest in a company where there is not a key man clause. If your CEO can leave and your business is still running, you are not going to change the world. And so in, in many ways, when it's like, what have I learned about all this and analyzing Tesla and investing in it? It's if you could go back and the one trait you could look back at was like the CEO who is going to, anyway, I lost my point on that rant, but ending my, <laughs> my last point, it would be like, you know, I almost think as you can get lost in the sauce of Tesla's value appreciation and the stock price as this story, when the real story is what the business has built that is dictating that rise in stock price. Like that is the real miracle is what Tesla's done from a business level. The stock price is just a symptom of that business miracle. And that is why the stock, nobody gets it because nobody is willing to re realize and accept and give Elon the cred for the business miracle that he has pulled off. And that's why they can't rationalize the equity price miracle that has followed. But that is truly to me why this all makes sense and is perfectly in line. And I'm not selling a single share because the miracle has been pulled off and this is a multi-trillion dollar miracle and maybe the stock price draws down 50% from here, but I'm not gonna pretend like I'm gonna be a smart ass and pick up pennies in front of a steamroller. Like I wanna hold this and be an owner and see it all the way out. And um, I think in the long run, that super, super, super discipline, at least for me personally, is how I'm most comfortable investing. I think everybody's gotta figure out their own way, their own stilo, but that to me is really what I thought of is like, you know, buy and hold, you know, the stock goes up, that's great, the day that I'm most excited, the day that I'm happiest is the day that Tesla's down in the shitter when it has the biggest drawdown from its intrinsic value ever and it's at 180 and I'm on a road trip with Jaykler and I fucking, you know, make some moves, Venmo to Cash App, put every single spare dollar I have into Tesla. Those are the smartest moves. Those are the days that make me the most excited is when Tesla goes as far, uh, as many standard deviations from rationally accepted by the stock market below its intrinsic valuation, not above. And so that's why it's like, okay, Gally, maybe you haven't made enough videos, Tesla's going up, you haven't gotten pumped enough because I don't give a shit about that. From an equity perspective, I get pumped when the stock price is low. And the thing that actually makes me more excited is not the stock price at all, it's what the hell's going on with Tesla and their technology and their battery production ramp. I mean, think about another company where people are getting stoked on them building factories. I literally can't think of one. Right. <laughs> Like, is there another company where there's a, a drone team just following the progress of a factory being built?
All right, I'm wrapping it up. I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. Little different style. Kind of wanted to just do some free flowing, basically live stream, but my live streams haven't been working, so wanted to make it crispy. But I think my biggest, uh, you know, takeaway and end end of the podcast thought is, you know, what makes you pump? What makes you excited about Tesla? For me, it's not the stock price up. It's that the business is succeeding. It's that the world is changing. It's that that you know, product roadmap and their business model is actually working and actually succeeding and business milestones are what we should be excited about, not stock price or equity milestones. I think that's super, super important and and the more disciplined you can stay, the better investor you'll be Um, and stocks do not go up in a a straight line. You know, there was five years where Tesla stock didn't do shit and I thought it should be soaring and so I just think it's super important, like a Jeff Bezos, as much as we hate him on the Elon you know, podcast, but he has this like philosophy of like, if you're an employee of Amazon, you better not be getting hype when the stock goes up because you otherwise you should just be getting just as sad when it goes down. And I think it's the same thing about Tesla. Like you really wanna make sure you're doing all the homework, you're analyzing this company, you can come up with a valuation price in your head that is regardless of the equity price um, and trade and invest based on that. I think that's super important is what would Elon want you to do? Stick to those first principles and when you're analyzing a stock, that's those SEC filings. All right, that's it. All right, wrapping it up. Please let me know what you think of all this in the comments below. What did I cover or what did I not cover that I should have? Um, Please let me know, make more videos. Anyway, this is HyperChange. Huge shout out to Jay Filchy. Thank you, Jay Filchy, for coming in with the questions. Um, Give him a follow on Twitter if you're feeling friendly. Thank you to our Patreon supporters, producers. HyperChange, like the HyperChange biz dev team has been grinding around the clock. We've got some crazy stuff in the works. So stay tuned, subscribe if you haven't already. We'll see y'all next time.